being here this morning. Wow, you look amazing. You look amazing. There is a residue of his glory in the house. Um, so I cannot wait to see what the Lord's going to do with our time together. And also tonight with Bishop Lance Johnson, week 208 of the North Georgia Revival. Yeah, 208. I want us to receive our offering at this moment, and I, um, I'm just so honored to be able to receive the offering today on behalf of the church, just to let you know that uh, the Lord has been so good to us as a congregation. You have been so faithful. I, I declare over you, I, I really declare over you the goodness of the Lord. And when I say the goodness of the Lord, I've been around for 57 years, and I've seen good parents, I've seen average parents, I've seen poor parents, we all have, they're around us all the time. But as a parent, you want good things for your children. Doesn't mean you always give them what they want. Sometimes you give them what they need. <laughs> and sometimes the, the need is a no. Sometimes you can be really good by saying no, because you're serving them in the long run. Um, but I feel in the North Georgia Revival Christ Fellowship Church that the goodness of the Lord, the favor of God, the overwhelming blessings of God, are upon our congregation. It doesn't mean always things are going to just be easy and prosperous from one to the next, you know, every day. But you're living in a perpetual bubble of blessing simply because he's here, right? And I want you to receive that word and embrace it. goodness of God, the goodness of God. I want you to stand to your feet, we're going to receive an offering and not anything other than just be faithful in the goodness. One thing that Karen and I both really just do not like, and that is an unappreciative person. You've ever given a gift to someone and they just like, and, and, and it meant a lot to you to give that or, or you didn't have to think about them and you did, you know what I'm saying, or you didn't have to sacrifice. Um, do not take the blessings of the Lord for granted and be um, appreciative, be grateful. Be grateful. An unappreciative spirit is a haughty spirit. And because they have an entitlement mindset. And I think that may be what's going on in our country right now. We have an entitlement mindset. You owe me. I'm not going to do anything, but you owe me. And we can sometimes fall underneath that in the church that God owes us. 
And so when he does something even small that just should be expounded upon in our praise, we just write. Some of you are going to walk in supernatural favor, unlike you've ever seen. It's just what God does when his glory touches the earth. Now, there's going to be persecution, there's going to be trials and tribulations, but some of us, all of you, are going to walk in supernatural favor. Ideas, creative ideas, business ideas, the Lord's going to give you things for patents, Things that you're going to step into um, mentally. Your intellect is going to become sharpened. Your IQ will go up. You cannot help that your IQ goes up when you're in the presence of the Lord. You hang around smart people, you get smarter. Do you hear what I'm saying? I am not the same intellect I was four years ago. I am not the same individual. I mean, I wasn't dumb. But I wasn't the sharpest knife in the drawer either. And I'm not now, but I'm not like I was. I was kind of dull here. Lord, I was, I was educated in Alabama. I'm not being critical, I'm just saying, it's not Massachusetts. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there's a difference. But this, this, but this glory that we are in has changed my mindset on how I think and what I look at and how, you see what I'm saying? You hang around not smart people, you become not smart. You know, uh, Bryce Young's father, you know, quarterback of Alabama, I, I was watching him do a story on him and his father. His father's a mental coach, a health mental coach. And he told Bryce one day, and, and Bryce is a believer from what I understand, but Bryce, he told son, his son Bryce, he says, if you're the best player in the gym, he says, find a new gym. Let me say it again. If you're the best player in your gym, he was a basketball player as well. He said, if you're the best player, he said, find a new gym. You're going to be challenged mentally and emotionally in this place, and it's going to stress you. That's a good thing. So when the glory of God falls, yeah, when the glory of God falls, you just become a little bit better in all areas, wiser, more patient at times, more generous. You just find yourself giving money away sometimes to people. And it just comes right back to you, pressed down, shaking together and running over. I mean, that's a good thing, right? It's a beautiful thing. All right, I don't know why I'm spending so much time on this, but um, you, guys are, you guys are in the glory right now. You're getting smarter. I, I, I just literally see advancement coming to you in multiple ways at work. You've not been there. Your tenure's not been there long enough, but yet the boss sees something inside of you, and you go, and he goes and you and he says I like that or she says I like that let's and you're just going to walk into blessing the goodness of the Lord all right father we bless you for this offering today 
thank you that you're moving in um, extreme ways. Extreme. Everybody just say that, extreme. extreme. Yeah, thank you for that word. Yeah. I, I want you to prepare you guys, you guys, I want you to prepare yourself for extreme things. Now, don't go crazy and go buy extreme stuff when you don't have extreme money. <laughs> Pastor said extreme. I'm going to get that Malibu boat rather than that bass tracker. I'm going to go from 25000 to 180000 That's not what I'm saying. I'm looking for extreme blessings on you, extreme goodness, extreme faith, extreme peace, extreme joy. Extreme calmness, extreme creativity, yeah, problem solving. Mm -hmm. Lord, I thank you for your extreme goodness. Thank you, Lord. Just lift your hands up, just receive it from the Lord. Thank you, Father. Yeah, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. You may be seated. Let's receive the offering this morning. Obviously, there's several ways to give that you can give. Um, just remain faithful in your, your tithes and offerings. I, I stand amazed today at the last 48 hours, and I've watched, um, I watched the Lord move in such a powerful way. I am melting today because of the faithfulness of the people of God here at CFC. Yeah, I am, I am literally, we, we literally have no words to describe the army that the Lord has put together and allowed us to host his presence. I am, I'm so proud of you guys. I am so proud. Karen and I, our elders, our staff, we're proud of you. Uh, I'm proud of Pastor Marty as well, who did such an exceptional job. And yeah, just my Lord. Yeah. You know, yeah, and I and I watched him last night. Well, literally, I watched him for the last month orchestrate uh, the conference and to make sure everything was in perfect order for you. And I watched him get frustrated at times, and I watched him walk in peace, and I watched him walk in love. And um, Pastor Sherry and her exquisite <laughs> sweetness. Mm -hmm. My Lord. Yeah. What you don't know, and I, and I don't want her to feel bad, but we had an accident here on um, Thursday where we had to call 911, and um, Pastor Sherry fell and preparing a place for you. And we thought, I mean, gassed her arm, bruised her arm. We thought she had broke bones, immobile a little bit, extreme pain. She said, I never felt pain like that in my body. And our team went into prayer, laying hands. Paramedics show up. Before the paramedics got there, the great physician. And, uh, 
Yeah. And, and we were sitting there, and, you know, either you believe or you don't. I said, go get a rag. And so people are running around. She's in the back hall running around. And I said, well, let's just dip a towel. If we're going to be bare, let's be a grizzly, all right? If we're going to do it, we're not going to put a little rag. And so we went and got a towel and laid that on her body and prayed in the Holy Ghost, literally until the paramedics showed up. And you could feel the presence of the Lord just move on that back hall, right out there with our new bathrooms, right out there. She tripped and fell. And, and our, uh, our entire team that was here responded and gathered around up and down the hallways and prayed and just sought the Lord because literally, you know, uh, Pastor Sherry holds all everything together. So if we knew, we, we, if we lose her, can't lose her, we like do and so we just prayed and, and the Lord touched her body and, and then she gives fire on Friday night at Pierce okay I gotta go yeah 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 and um, and so um, this thing went off and um, and then my wife I just want to say thank you to uh, my my wife of 38 years my Lord, all right, thank you, baby, thank you, baby, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, you may, you, and, and just our staff, our elders, and all of you guys, I know I'm just kind of being mushy, and you're, and, and I, I, I don't, um, I'm not mushy much, y'all know that, right, I mean, I'm like, fire. I walk in this morning, and one of the first things that I see, you know, we left. I don't know what time you left, Pastor Marty. What time did you leave? 4.30, 5 o'clock. So he had a quick turnaround back here um, just a few hours ago. And one of the first things that I walk into today is this. I, 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 I come across this. And um, um, And, and, and you're thinking, well, that's just a mess of shoes. Didn't they clean up last night? No, what you don't understand, our, our, our children's pastors, Pastors Martin, Pastor Red, and their entire team have called our children to prayer. And they have taught them that when they enter into the point of prayer, a place of prayer, they take their shoes off. And they're in that room to the top left with the door shut, interceding praying, speaking in tongues, and I'm talking about four, five-year-olds, seven-year-olds, ten-year-olds, I'm not talking about teenagers, I'm talking about kids, children, and people want to know, a lot of folks say, well, I want revival, I want, we want revival in our church, well, you can rent a move of God, you can bring an anointing in, you can bring a personality in, which is all good, because people have gifts, you can rent that but it doesn't mean that it's yours. Those people carry a particular anointing because they purchased it. Church no longer can be the red box. And you go up there and you say, well, what do I want today? What kind of move of God do we want today? Oh, we need a healing evangelist. And then we find out who's flowing in healing, and we say, well, let's bring them to our church. And for two days, you have healing. 
But what happens when that person checks out of his hotel or her hotel and gets on the plane and flies out? It's like you've got to return it back to the red box. And then you're left with no entertainment. You see what I'm saying? And so what we have done, churches and pastors have literally have circuits and we've set up spiritual red boxes. Okay, I need a prophetic word. Who's flowing in the prophetic? Boom. Let's bring them in. It always costs. Airfare, hotel, honorarium. They come in and for two days. And then at the end, they go back. And there's a void. Revival is not free. It has to be purchased. And it is purchased by literally the brokenness and contrition and prayers and humility of a group of people that literally say, I want God more than I want my next breath. And I will pay, hear this, whatever that price is to have him and no longer rent his movement. That's pain. That's purchased. That's payment. Come on, talk to me. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that great? You know, I, I get this today. <laughs> 490 people yesterday and today entered the baptismal waters and um, I asked Pastor Marty last night, I said, Pastor Marty, you good? I go over there, you know, and he's like five hours in, and he's, he's not a spring chicken anymore. Okay, and I mean, his, his, his youth is being renewed like the eagles, but he has a bladder that's not like it was when he was 20. His bladder is kind of weaker. I'm not picking on him. I'm just telling the truth. How many of y'all know that? Now, you're a little older. You just got to go, where's the... I mean, you'd be perfectly fine. So I check on him because I know that water's warm. And I don't want it to get any warmer at all. So I... Nobody else checks on him. Nobody else checks on him. I'm, I'm the only one because I, I know, I know, I know. I said, bro, are you good? <laughs> and he's always in the corner. Have y'all noticed that? He's always leaning against the corner. And he's tilted his head. Every time I ask him a question, he go, this is him. He's leaning against the wheel. He'll go, look at me, cockeyed. I said, you good? And he gives me two words every time. I'm good. I said, no, you really good. I'm good. (laughs) 
What you don't know, what you don't know is when he does get out of the water, you have never seen somebody that's got to go to the bathroom. And he doesn't want to move because he's out of the warm water and he's cold. So he's trying to keep his britches from clinging to him. You ought to see it. And what's a nightmare is when somebody's in the bathroom. I walk into that fellowship hall yesterday and the reason I walked over there a lot of times is because I kept hearing people scream and it just echoed through the whole room I don't know I would walk into that place and I'd get close to the water, and I would feel a level of glory in his presence. And I'd be talking to people, and our, the hairs on our arms and every, just all over us would just stand up, just stand up. And there, I can't remember, who was I talked to yesterday, last night, about as you enter the threshold area right here, we would step in, out of that, there we go, did you feel that? Unbelievable. There was just a level of glory meeting people in the water. And, you know, and I just love this picture here. Just the operation of the Lord on people. And this quick little video right here, I think if this is it, just take a look at this. Bodies everywhere. Just being ministered to. And then I go back over to this pool and I, I see something I've not ever seen before. We have a can we have a phone in um, in the pool. And this lady asked, asked me before she got in the pool, she said, Listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna get baptized. But my daughter's at home, my granddaughter and my daughter's at home and they're sick or they're hurting. Can I get baptized and FaceTime it and get baptized for them? I look over there and I see one of our warriors. Turn his volume up. You're going to like this. This is a few. Are y'all okay? Can we just talk to him? Thank you. 
You know, my Lord, okay. She learned all of that with her great training in the past, but also just Kaneo. I just kept hearing Blood Covenant come out of her. Um, does that make sense to everybody in the room? Okay. Um, go in your Bibles to Matthew 8. I got a quick word. I want to share another story with you. I want you to take a look at the, as you're turning there, I want you to take a look at the screen. Um, a few months ago, in June, I believe it was, I was in Battle Creek, Michigan. Wes and Jessica J have been there, ministered. That's her home church. Jessica's mother's here today. But I want to show you this little fellow right here. This, this is a really neat story. And I want you to look at this. Peyton is 11 years old. His dad was in jail and suffering from Huntington's disease. So his dad's in jail suffering from Huntington's disease. Peyton got in the water in July when you came, and he got into the water for his dad's healing and also for an early release from jail. So he takes a picture of his father, and when he gets immersed, he holds that picture, and he says, I want my father to be healed, and I want him to come and get out of jail early. We never have to convince children of what Jesus can do. I mean, my goodness, they believe a guy lives at the North Pole. And flies to their house and slides down a chimney and eats all the cookies and milk all over the world. They believe everything that they're going to lose a tooth, leave the window open, person's going to fly through the window and put money under your pillow. They believe everything. And so when we tell them that Jesus is a healer and answers prayer, they're not digging through the baggage of, well, I don't know if that's real or not. Unless you become like a little child. He's just heard story after story that God's healing people, touching people, and his dad's in jail. He's got Huntington's disease. I just believe God will touch him. That was July. That night, while Peyton was in, his, was in the water, he 
his dad was, watch this, his dad was healed of Huntington's disease and was later released from jail early. this and he continued to pray for his dad so a little bit later I think when Wes and Jessica were up there guess who he is hugging So what Peyton does in baptisms, he stands against the wall with a towel. And every person that gets out of the water, he hands them a towel. So we were just there last week or two. Watch this. My dad and uh, I brought a picture with um, me and he went under with me and then I prayed that his feet will stop twitching and his Huntington's will get healed. And the next day my grandma went to visit him at jail and uh, she asked if his feet have twitched or anything and he said no and I haven't moved ever since. Wow. Yeah, uh, that's exactly how it happened. And you know, like, you know, my feet constantly moved, you know, like, I'm telling you, like, constantly. I couldn't even get out of bed because my, my muscles are so sore, you know, I would fall, you know, because your feet constantly moving like that. Your muscles are flexing, you know, they're constant. So I would fall, you know, I'd pass out even, you know, from the pain and everything. But, uh, you know, they're, they're not moving at all. Jesus. I have no movement so far, you know. And yesterday I showed him about the, you know, some symptoms of the Huntington's, you know, as, as it program, you know, gets into the later stages of it, you know, shared some videos with him, trying to keep on it. Yeah. But yeah, it's, God worked his miracle. It's so good. It's so good. Amen. What did God do for you tonight in the water? Oh, man. I, I, feel, re I feel like a million bucks. I feel so light. Like, it's awesome. Ah, yeah. Thank you. It's so good. Love you, son. I, I want to say this. These waters to my right and to my left and in the fellowship hall, I just like to say they're like a fire zone. I've never seen anything like it in my life. I stood in the lobby last night and I would ask lady after lady, did God touch you? And they wouldn't respond to me immediately. They'd look at me like. And they'd go.
these baptismal waters, and it's not the water, but who you meet in the water is literally transforming the hearts of thousands and tens of thousands of people around the world. Close to 50,000 people have been directly impacted by the baptismal waters here in North Georgia and the other churches like this one that is in such an unorthodox way. They enter into a fire zone. I feel that he's chosen this house, this place, this water to be an example of what God can do with a group of hungry people. This is a place of extreme and dangerous conflict. I wake up every day with fear and the weight of what God is doing here and it is perpetual. I, the only escape that I have from the weightiness is when I am in a tree stand. <laughs> hunting. And observing. Let me, so people don't think I do bad things. <laughs> I'm watching birds and animals walk by. And I, I told the bishop the other day, and I was hunting at his place um, in Mississippi, and I said, I just added years to my life. Because I was with no one but watching animals. This is a very dangerous place. It's a place of conflict confrontation, agitation, and there is swirling in the atmosphere. You are observed by two kingdoms every time you walk through those doors. And there is a spirit of agitation and a spirit of affirmation. One says keep going, keep pressing, keep pushing, keep changing, and the other one says, run for your life because you're about to lose it as you know it. I've watched people sit in a chair and nothing happened to them, and feel nothing, sense nothing, experience nothing. But as soon as their foot hits that ladder, I walks up these steps to meet Colin, Taylor, others in the back. The battle rages. As soon as people climb those steps to ascend and to descend, it's warfare like I've never seen. If I heard someone scream once last night, a dozen, maybe two dozen, maybe even more than that, of a bellowing, of an echoing, there is a 
violence to what God's doing. In every revival, there's violence. It's not cute. It's not clean. It's messy. It's up. It's down. It's in and it's at. It's agitating. It is disturbing. It is peaceful. It is chaotic. It is glorious. It is, it is, it is stressful. To the untrained eye, are you with me? The unknowing spirit, when someone enters that water, you're just thinking they're going to get baptized. But every candidate dares to get in line is about to enter into a combat zone that they've never, ever encountered in their life. Where dark principalities are in mortal combat with the spirit of God over your life. Breaks my heart when people walk out and they say, I can't wait in line. There's war over every soul, and every soul in this room, do you hear me? There's war. But I have found, Karen, that with every step forward that people take, and people don't like to hear this, but they're about to enter a death zone. People get really, really concerned about you physically when you're not doing well physically and you cross into a very pivotal moment of the death zone. Every movement is calculated. Every breath you take matters and you're clinging to the life that you know. There's something that happens, and I'll use this as an example because it's visual. There's something that happens when Pastor Sherry sends our team and people here. They have entered a death zone. I watch their faces. I look at their postures. They're not the same as they were out there. They're about to enter into an inferno. And it frightens them. Some are excited because they want more. Others are scared to death because it's going to require change. To me, it's death row. Dead man walking. walking to the place of their execution. Either by electrocution, lethal injection, gas chamber here in the natural as we know it, hanging, firing squads, you know how it's all been throughout America and throughout our history, but it's death row nonetheless. And before they inject them to take their life, they ask them if they have any last words. What does Pastor Marty ask? What's your name? Where are you from? And why are you in the water? Pastor Marty, every person, the tens of thousands of you have baptized in our teams here, you have literally taken people to death row. Close with a couple comments, and I'm going to ask Karen to come. Come on up here if you would, sweetie. 
as people clutch that ladder, do you see it over there? Take a look at it. They muster the strength to climb. Addicts. Meth. Crack. Some of it's still on their body. People have been called in the middle of the revival and said you need to get here and addicts are at home and and they're coerced to come, and, and they'll come in and miss the whole service, but they will come during the baptism service. We've had people in pajamas at 11 o'clock at night. Pastor Marty says, if you're at home, we'll wait on you, and they will text us and chat on the chat room. I'm 45 minutes away in my pajamas. Will you wait on me? Can you imagine the ride in 45 minutes to come to a church and you're dressed in your pajamas. And you walk in in your pajamas. And you're crying all the way to get into a, pu a puddle, a body of water. Do not underestimate what God is doing in this moment. Danny's feet all across the room. I know this to the outsider. Do you hear me? This is bizarre. Just admit it. Okay, let's, I mean, don't hide it. I mean, come on. It's the red elephant in the room. That's bizarre. Is it not? Not in a sacrilegious way, but that's kind of bizarre. The first thing you walk into a building, you smell chlorine. Not carnations. In most churches, you know how they put the flowers at the front, and it's you smell flowers. It's not the carnations. It's chlorine. It's bizarre. It's bizarre for you to be here at 4 o'clock, team. It's bizarre for you to go home at 5 and holding people in the water unless they drown. You're there. Do you hear what I'm saying? It's very suspicious. If you told me that people are being healed in the water, I said, you have, you're in a cult. Because I've never heard that in my life. How many of you ever heard certain, I mean, you know what I'm saying? How many of y'all been talked about it? Where, what do you mean you go to that church? You see what I'm saying? That's, that's beautiful. Beautifully strange. Awkward. It's not the traditional means of baptism. Anything that is outside our norm of a second and third baptism is bizarre. Now watch this. It doesn't seem correct or right or religious or plausible. Right? Talk to me. And it is even remotely believable. 
those that clutch the ladder and dare to climb. Step after step, the weight of the world on their shoulder, the disappointments, the failures, the prodigals in their life, the marriages that have fallen apart, sickness in their body, the addictions, the drugs still in their veins, the alcohol still in their breath, the image of pornography still in their minds, failures. Here's what they've heard. If I can just get to where he is. This will all come off of me. I nor any of these staff members chose the place of this meeting. But it's just like Jesus do something so unusual so outside the box that it causes people to think and to question and to even ridicule it and he says I don't care about that he says I did not come for the well he says I came for the sick And the greatest of all doctors go to where the sickness is. And they wait in line. So he's not here to satisfy the religious, theological presuppositions on one baptism. All he cares about, my people are hurting. My traditional means of just preaching and laying hands on people are wonderful, but I'm going to set up a new wineskin. And I'm going to ask people to come to me in a very strange meeting place. And I will meet them there. In water. Where mascara runs. Makeup falls off. Your hair clings to your head. Your shirt shows every form of your belly, men. And you go, and one of the first... Pull it out. You don't have to worry about that here at the altar. We take care of you. You fall out, we cover you with a blanket. There, you're on your own. It's so undignified. I've literally, I've literally seen stuff come out of people's bodies on their face, weeping. To those that dare to climb, steps are entering into an inferno boiling water where the finger of God has touched the waters and he bids us all to come come to me the spirit and the bride in Revelation say come to me of the place of history of humiliation place of death where you have no dignity and you confess and he meets us I watch grown men that 
admit to being unfaithful to their spouse. I heard with my own ears a witch confess to killing babies. And she clutched her head and she says, I'm so unworthy. After her immersion, she says, I'm so unworthy. I'm such a terrible person. And I said, what did you do? And I heard the Lord say, ask her if she killed babies because I knew the night before she came and she was a witch. And those big brown eyes looked up at me and I'm kneeling in front of her. She looks at me and she said, Todd, they would bring them to me so small. And I would take them in my hand. And I would take their life and present them to Satan. But that night, the place of his choosing in a horse trough that held 100 gallons of water she thrust her leg over the side of that metal container and sat down in cold freezing water Yeah, 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 yeah. I carry that. Every day of my life, I carry this. Because I know in this room, we can do church just like this, and it looks good, and we check the box, and we go home. But I know every one of us carry baggage. Every one of us got some stuff. You fight that. You look at that and you go, honey, I don't know. I don't know. This is weird to me. And God says, yeah, yeah. So is the burning bush. So is the donkey that talks. So marching around a city for telling the Naaman to go get baptized seven times in the river Jordan. That's that's bizarre, but the whole thing about this is bizarre. That's why it's so good. It's so God. It's not man. It has nothing to do with us. I declare, Karen, tonight, 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 absolutely unbelievable, exquisite, extreme carryover of the last two nights, and tonight will be boiling water for every marriage. Couples come, get baptized together. You're cold, you're hard, you're not sleeping together, you're just mad at one another, you're angry, you're bitter, you're mad. Come and let him meet you in that water. Let him meet you in the water. In one moment, you'll look at Pastor Marty or one of our team members with your eyes and you'll look up, oh dear God, he just touched me. Put a ring on your hand, a robe on your back, sandals on your feet, and he'll throw a party for you at the moment that 
your death and your resurrection. And he will say, my son has come home. My daughter has come home. So I just want to release a blessing on you. Is that okay? I know this is kind of unusual. I, I have stuff, my sermon, I'm done. I feel, I feel like a Presbyterian. We're getting out in an hour and a half. Be back tonight. There is a residue. Make plans to be back tonight. Get here at 5 o'clock prayer. And come for the revival service. Bishop Lance Johnson, week 208. Pastor Marty, fire. Some of you weren't planning to come back tonight, but the Lord has spoken to you. He's, he hears you. He's beckoning you to climb the steps tonight. He is, he is wooing you to come to death row and exchange your life for his. Inside every one of you. So, Father, I thank you for the greatest church that I know. And there are other great ones. I don't know them, but I know this one. I know these people. They are foxhole people. They are battle-weary, battle-tested, and battle-ready. We prepare our mind, our bodies, Lord Jesus, for the war tonight, the spiritual warfare. There will be sons being baptized for moms. There will be wives being baptized for husbands, husbands being baptized for prodigals. There will be, Lord, young couples being baptized, Lord Jesus, for the healing of a loved one in their, in, in their life that's dying. Lord, if you did it for that little fella, God, in Battle Creek, Michigan, and his father was incarcerated with Huntington's disease, Lord, if you can meet that little fellow in the water clutching a picture of his father, what can you do tonight with the residue of your glory after Ignite 2.0? Church, the waters are stirring. The waters are stirring. Be here. Now, Lord, refresh us, bless us, pour out your Holy Ghost. Unusual, extraordinary miracles and life change tonight, oh God, in this place. And everybody said, amen, amen. Put your hands together. Let's magnify the Lord. All right, I'm going to dismiss you. I do have one announcement. I'm, we're going to be at Pastor Lance Campbell's church tomorrow night. Our team, Pastor Sherry, that's going with us, you know all about that. Uh, she'll give you instruction, email, all that kind of stuff. But tomorrow night, we're going to be baptizing south of Atlanta. Yeah. I'm just going to take death row with us. Love you guys. Love on somebody before you go. Thank you for being here.